1: Good afternoon and welcome. The Mark Norman story is gathering steam even as the charges against the former vice admiral Admiral have been stayed. Yesterday, opposition MPs demanded that the National Defense Committee be reconvened to examine the governing Liberals' conduct in this investigation and prosecution. And the rest of us are waiting for the other shoe to drop after Norman made a statement saying that he has quite the story to tell and he intends to tell it. His lawyer, the extremely well-respected and, may I say, awesome Marie Hennon, accused the government of putting their fingers on and trying to, quote, weigh in on the scales of justice. What do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Now, Erin O'Toole and Peter McKay are two of the three former Harper ministers who spoke to Marie Hennon as she prepared her case. They join me now. Welcome, Erin O'Toole, MP for Durham and former Veteran Affairs Minister, and Peter McKay, former Minister of Justice and Attorney General and partner at Baker McKenzie. Thank you both so much for being with us.
2: Thank you, Libby. Nice nice to to be be with you, Peter.
1: Okay, Let us start with Aaron O'Toole. What do you think was behind all of this? Well, I've
2: said that um, I firmly believe that the prosecutors, when they received more information from the Prime Minister's office, they saw that the case they were trying to make against Mark Norman uh, was impossible to make. They had no reasonable prospect of of conviction. That probably... Uh, Complemented the information they got from the defense, including interviews they had with people like Peter, Jason, myself, basically giving the context for the contract. This was a uh, an urgent contract for a supply vessel, so that our Navy could supply itself at sea. So. Our our Navy could be a true Blue Water Navy, and it was an urgent, pressing emergency contract. That was the nature of it, and the first Liberal Cabinet meeting, they tried to interfere with that contract, and that is the heart of the Mark Norman affair. So I think the prosecutors got some context, I think, from the Prime Minister's documents, uh, recognizing really there's no case here. So we should be asking a lot of questions about why the Liberals took so long to disclose all documents.
1: I believe that you have said that you believe that the Liberals needed to put the blame on someone for the cabinet leak, and hence Mark Norman.
2: Right. They, they, their own investigation uh, revealed that 73 people were aware of leaked information from the meeting where Scott Bryson uh, put the contract on hold, or there was discussion about potentially uh, cancelling the contract, we suspect. Out of those 73 names, initially only one person lost their job, and only one person eventually was charged and, and, and marched into into court, and that was Mark Norman. Why was that one name given to the RCMP by the Privy Council or the Prime Minister's officials? I really put this on, on Justin Trudeau's shoulders, and if you remember Michael Wernick, the clerk of the Privy Council we know from we the s sure scandal, he, he was the one that prepared that investigation. So why... Why only one person out of 73 names? That's why I think he he was the fall guy they chose for this.
1: Okay, just to give uh, one small bit of context before we move on to Peter McKay. Uh, so the leak was that the Trudeau government was going to review this contract, which was going to a Quebec company, uh, presumably to give it to someone in Scott Bryson's Atlantic riding and a friend of the Liberals. So that leaked out and that, of course, was damaging. And and Peter McKay, why do you think they picked Mark Norman?
3: Well, as I think Aaron has outlined quite accurately, this was uh, early days in their government. And I I think that when the leak occurred and they were embarrassed for trying to mess around in the contract, they needed a a scapegoat, a fall guy, and uh, they wanted to send a message across government, across the entire public service, that this wasn't going to be tolerated. So Mark Norman was hung from the yardarm, to use a, a Navy expression, and keelhaul, And this is important to note, uh, Libby, that the allegations that uh, Mark Norman was going to wind up before the courts that came directly from the Prime Minister in April, and again, I believe in February of 2018, happened well before he was actually charged criminally, which draws a direct line back to the Prime Minister.
1: That's the right. The Prime Minister said...
3: Michael Warnick, Right, Michael Warnick had written a 60-page memo that went directly to the Prime Minister. It was disclosed, but all 60 pages were redacted. What is the Prime Minister's office doing being briefed on a criminal prosecution, albeit one that they have an interest in? But this smacks of political interference. It smacks of the Prime Minister going well beyond and and certainly farther than anyone would, would possibly believe possible prosecute, I use the word persecute, the second highest commander in the Canadian Armed Forces, all for what? Vindictiveness, malice. And they wouldn't pay for his legal fees until after this case had been resolved. Another interesting note is that the charges were stayed. They weren't, they weren't dismissed. They weren't withdrawn. Uh, that, again, leaves a little bit of a, a chill over the fact that they could be brought back
1: Does that help them with uh, refusing to disclose information and documentation?
3: Well, it may help them when it comes to a possible tort or civil suit against them. But, you know, a, a hearing of some sort, whether an inquiry, a parliamentary hearing, as we've seen, can be quickly shut down and controlled by the Liberal majority. They can also put privilege around certain testimony, and so that... I think brings it back to the the necessity to have a full-blown inquiry because our justice system is getting a black eye. Our Department of National Defense has been dragged across the coals in this case as well. And I think increasingly this is impacting public confidence in our justice system and that of our allies as well. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll simply add that one of the most successful procurements in the last 50 years is in large part because of Mark Dorman.
1: Well, yeah, this is a rare case of a procurement coming in on time and on budget, but back to Mark Norman, Aaron O'Toole, why do you think him, why was he the one that was picked? Do do either of you have a theory on that?
2: Um, I do. I think look when when the Davy contract was signed, and you know we can't get into the cabinet discussions about it, but there's been a lot of coverage of it. Clearly, there were some people within government and within the military that um, didn't want to move as quickly as, say, the Navy did to fill this gap. And so I think from the moment the contract was was signed, there were some people that that wanted it to fail. Now, the contract, as you said, did not fail. It was on time on budget. And the Asterix is serving with our Navy uh, right now. But I think there were some people that felt the Navy were pushing for uh, this. And some people thought that you know, a strong voice on behalf of the Navy was Mark Norman. And so I think that's why he was chosen. Perhaps he was linked by the the new Trudeau administration to being a champion for this project. And because he was one of the 73 names that knew, um, he was chosen. I always felt it was ironic because he was not at the cabinet meeting. So if the breach of trust stems from that leak from the cabinet meeting he could not have been the source of the leak because he wasn't there. He was one of 73 people including CBC reporters, a whole range of people that that meeting leaked like a sieve in large part because what Scott Bryson did in terms of the delay or the look back uh, was was so unusual in the first meeting of a new cabinet that I think people uh, told friends and these sorts of things and I think Mark Norman was linked to to you know fighting for the Navy, I guess, and and that's why he was chosen. I, I can't think of any other reason.
1: Peter McKay, uh, do you think it's at all possible that Mark Norman will get his job back? General Vance said, "Yeah, we'd welcome him back. Somebody else has his job now."
3: I don't think it's likely, uh, given the animosity that the government has displayed towards him. I think they'll do everything they can to stall and um, try to make Mark Norman perhaps go away, potentially through a payout. Um, I'm still waiting for the apology. The Prime Minister is very good and very well-practiced and rehearsed at apologies. I'm hoping that that will come soon enough, and we won't have to wait decades I also uh, believe that, as Aaron has stated, Mark Norman was a very high-profile person, and again, it goes to the theory that he would be made an example of in the early days of the government to prevent such leaks in the future. But whether he gets his job back or not, I think he is going to be handsomely compensated. I would say the starting point would be somewhere in the range of what they gave convicted terrorist Omar Khadr. I think as a as a base. To, uh, to look at in terms of the, the level of compensation. And I think Mark Norman, again, in my opinion, I said recently, not only deserves to be reinstated, he deserves to be promoted to the Chief of the Defense Staff. He's proven he's been very effective at getting procurements done on time, on budget, as you said. He has uh, ample experience. It's time that we have somebody from the Navy in the top job. And uh, he's been an impeccable public servant and somebody whose reputation... Whose ability, whose intelligence, could serve this country well in the top job?
1: That's a that's a very interesting idea. Uh, I know that both of you have to go. MP Aaron O'Toole, where do you think this goes next? I mean, this uh, there's been a lot of comparison in terms of compensation between him and Omar Khadr, and that can't be doing the government any good.
2: Well, I I agree 100% with Peter. What we'd like to see at at the very minimum is an apology from the Prime Minister. Uh, You're right, Peter. The Prime Minister's famous for making apologies for people's actions generations ago, even pre-Confederation. He's done apologies in the House of Commons. Here, they've maligned and tarnished the reputation of a Canadian who served 38 years And Libby, he came from a military family. So every year of his life has been either with a military family or serving himself. To think of how he was treated, he deserves at a minimum an apology. And we'd like to perhaps see an inquiry at the Defense Committee and a public inquiry to get to the bottom of this. Because if it does come that the Liberal government held back key documents from the prosecutors and from the defense. Um, There's potential for obstruction here, or certainly they created a a trial that never should have been in court. So I I still have a lot of answers
3: about uh, the, the Trudeau inner circle on this case.
1: Okay. And Peter McKay, anything you'd like to leave us with?
3: I think Aaron has summed it up nicely. There's a lot more that should be publicly disclosed about this. Um, just as we saw in the SNC-Lavalin case, the levels are hoping this will go away quickly. It should not. Canadians deserve answers. Mark Norman deserves answers, and he can perhaps provide some of those uh, in the very near future. But there's a whole list, a long list, including the prime minister himself, who should be called uh, to publicly give an accounting for what appears to be a very malicious prosecution orchestrated and quarterbacked out of his office. And uh, whether it's a House of Commons committee, whether it's a public inquiry, uh, Canadians deserve answers.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Peter McKay, former Justice Minister, and Aaron O'Toole, PCMP from Durham. I really appreciate your time. Thank
3: you, Libby. Pleasure talking to you, Libby.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Okay, people. We are opening the phone lines now. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We're going to take your calls on this. The Mark Norman case heating up. You have just heard from two former ministers in Stephen Harper's cabinet who uh, gave information to Marie Annan that helped her get the charges stayed in this case, and I am going to bring in political strategists Jerry Nichols and John Mkhitaryan. Welcome, thank you for being with us.
4: Oh, glad to be here.
1: Okay, well, uh, this is very interesting. First of all, I, I have never uh, yet heard uh, this idea from Peter McKay, they should make him head of the, def- uh, the Chief of Defense as a result of this. I can't imagine that happening.
4: No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think a lot of the things that Peter McKay was asking for are going to happen. I don't think I don't think the prime minister is going to issue an apology. I think from the liberal perspective, they just want this to go away as quickly as possible, because as long as this is lingering out there, this is going to be bad news for the liberals, because this, this is a really bad look for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. There's no two ways about it. So, yeah, he wants it to go away, which is exactly why the conservatives want to keep it going.
1: Well, yeah. And will it keep going? I, I,
4: it depends what other, what other little you know time bombs are out there. Is, is, is Admiral Norman going to start speaking out? Is his lawyer going to start speaking out? Um, uh, we don't know. Um, but I certainly think as 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 your guests before mentioned, there are a lot of questions about this still out there. and as long as there's questions, people are going to be curious and you know who knows? the media might do some digging and, and find something. Um, but for sure, the conservatives are going to use media ad campaigns. To keep this alive during the during the federal election, or at least I expect they will try to keep this alive with with some kind of media message as we near the voting day.
1: And John, what do you think?
5: Well, I think that uh, I, I'd be a little bit further out there. Um, I actually think uh, it's absolutely going to keep going, and uh, for many of the reasons that uh, I think what Peter McKay did today was start to change the goalposts. Um, this was about, uh, you know, frankly, most Canadians had no idea anything about this uh, case whatsoever. But now that the government has admitted uh, complete incompetence and in the thing from beginning to end, um, there is the question of fairness. And if there's, you know, as, as Peter well said, um, you know, our our beloved prime minister's history of apologizing for anything and everything, except his own actions, except the things his government is specifically responsible yeah,
1: for. Yeah, no kidding.
5: So so Peter actually nailed it when, you know, I, I agree with Jerry, have it go away as fast as possible is the right thing for the Liberal Party. The problem is I don't believe they've got the smarts to do what Peter said. If, if they gave him everything, you know, including the promotion, and frankly, promotion would matter more to Norman uh, or frankly to any military person more than money because they don't go into the career for money it would be, uh, that would be it. It would be done. There'd be no place to go. But there's no way that the Liberal Party, specifically our prime minister, is smart enough to do that. So because of that, the questions of how it, how this case got to be there, how it's been handled incompetently, and how it's uh, continuing to be unfair, uh, because unless there's a promotion, it'll be assumed that he'll be denied a promotion. I mean, Jerry, Jerry was right in saying, oh, I doubt that, Right, because, you, you know, usually the boss doesn't promote somebody who's caused them a problem. And that's the biggest thing in the hopper. But if he got the promotion, then that would be over. So don't expect the liberals to do the right thing. And this actually, I think, I, I get the whole idea of having it disappear before the campaign. I, I think the reality is this has just thrown fire on, sorry, uh, gasoline on the fire. And what we're going to see now is uh, this becomes the... The counterpoint to SNC Lavalin, and we'll be talking about which scandal is more odious uh, between now and the election day,
1: and 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 the Scott Bryson uh, connection. You know, at, on the weekend there was this uh, cover on the Toronto Sun front page of the Sun showing Omar Cotter and Mark Norman with the number, and I think uh, the comparison of a, a compensation number between these two, I think that is going to be something that really strikes a chord and it's uh what our caller joe in toronto wants to talk about hey joe hey how are you fine
4: yeah i had that same number about two weeks ago actually i called uh, the pc office about it 10.5 million is the right number you know what i can't figure out is this how can it be that trudeau does everything for everybody else and, and he's destroying our country like everything he does is wrong for canada I can't. Oh. Who's he working for?
1: Okay, Joe. Thanks for that. Okay, back to uh, John and Jerry uh, again. Uh, do you see a compensation coming as a way to shut this down?
4: Well, I think I think the uh, the, the defense minister has already suggested they're going to pay his legal bills, uh, which is a, which is kind of a kind of a sop to to, um, to Norman. Uh, as far as compensation goes. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure if if, if, he's, if he can get it or if he's going to sue to get it or whatever. But this is going to be another big issue for the liberals because it's going to remind people about Omar Cotter, which is another thing the liberals want voters to forget before the election day, I'm sure. And yeah, I think for most people, going to be like the caller, like your caller Joe. They're going to say, hey, if you give Cotter 10 million bucks, why don't you give it to Norman? He's a he's an admiral. He's got a chest full of medals. He's a hero. Give him give him uh, some compensation too. And the more people are talking about that, it's bad for the liberals. They don't want people talking about Cotter. They don't want people talking about Admiral Norman. They don't want talking people talking about the SNC scandal. But because and I agree, with, I agree with John. It's because of their own incompetence. We are going to be talking about all these things. So the liberals really are are the are, are the You know, the bringers of their own doom in a way on this whole thing. It's just they've just handled everything so poorly. Their communication strategy has been so bad that they're sort of reaping what they sow right now.
1: What do you think? How important was the factor, you know, right before this happened, the charges being stayed, we saw General Leslie. Uh, who was a star liberal candidate, uh, announced that he's not running again. And then we learned that he was prepared to testify on Mark Norman's behalf in the trial. How important was that? And do you think there are going to be legs from that part of the story, John?
5: I, I think it's uh, all going to have legs. Uh, and, and all of these things that you mentioned were like, you know, I mean, I'm not sure how many feet, I mean, maybe it's a feet, shoes dropping off an octopus. Uh, <laughs> there were so many shoes that dropped. Uh, the reality is that each of these things just, you know, put the liberals right into a corner and then somehow they had got, you know, they jumped out a window, uh, because they just, uh, you know, the, the level of incompetence is amazing. Uh, but all, I think as significant of that, it, it's the peeling back the uh, curtains on the Liberal Party of Canada and saying they get the record, they get the big prize for which political party, which group of MPs are the masters of virtue signaling. But when it actually comes to fairness, when it actually comes to doing what you would expect to do for a member of your family or a neighbor, they don't know how to treat people properly. They don't know how to take responsibility. And I I think all of that is just going to be continually to be damning. And, look, the conservatives are knocking on the doors hard this summer. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they are not hearing this at the doorsteps yet. But when you have nothing else, the house is going to rise soon. So there's going to be a summer where there's nothing to talk about except all the liberal scandals and all the broken promises and all the incompetence. And none of that impacts well for the Liberal Party.
1: Do... You have a theory, either of you, about why it was Mark Norman that was targeted? If he was?
4: I, I don't know have a theory as to why he was targeted, but to me, the interesting thing is, I mean, here's a guy who was an admiral. He had a high profile, and the government went after him um, with everything they had. Um, was it because uh, you know, Justin Trudeau trying to send a message, I think, as, as, as Peter McKay said. Was it just sort of liberal arrogance and spungness that they could bring this guy down? Or were they legitimately, or somebody in the government legitimately worried about leaks? I don't know what it is. Um, But the only thing I keep thinking about was, what if this guy was just a regular person? Right. If he was just a regular person who had all these problems with the government, he, you know, he probably would have been just crushed in the gears of of the justice system. And this is what worries me about this. It's only because Norman had a lot of high profile. It's only because he did have a lot of media support. It's only because the conservatives were making this an issue that his case was probably the charges against him were dropped. What about a regular person? See, this is the questions we have about our justice system here, and this is this is part of the reason why this really shouldn't go away. There's a lot of answers that we need as to how this got to the point where it did.
5: And, and I would just add to that, that if you're looking at trying to figure out, like we don't know is a short answer to your question, but the longer answer would be if you're trying to figure out people's behavior, um, the best indicator is history so if you look at how they've handled their other scandals right they've had no problem putting their thumb on the scales of justice for their friends so if you have here a uh, you know a general uh, who's who's putting his uh uh who's out there talking about what's right in the procurement process uh the procurement process is not a uh a neutral territory for anybody who gets a contract there's other people that don't so you, you've got to believe that if, that when Norman got charged, there was a lot of happy people in it, in the industry that things weren't going to go the way he wanted, and they would either benefit or have the opportunity to benefit. So there's a lot of cloak and dagger stuff behind here, which is another good reason for an inquiry. Uh, because that, you know, we're talking big, big bucks here in the procurement industry for a military. And, um, it's another story worth digging into.
1: Okay. That's all the time we have on this one for today. But uh, I think that we all agree that this story is not going away and will likely gather st- steam in the coming days and weeks. Thank you, John Mcetitian and Jerry Nichols. Appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.